0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple and DJ Lean, broadcasting live from the slag heap. We about to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it.
1: I'm rolling deep in the slag heap, and we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about, uh, to wax about. Ain't got time to sleep. On the cheap, we we'll keep the street, because we know what we're talking
2: about.
1: The Cloud,
3: welcome, friends. You are tuned in to. Supple and Lean GeekCast. My name's Imran. I'm talking to you from London in the UK. I will shortly be joined by uh, the show's co-host and co-founder, Vahe, from Melbourne, Australia. And uh, we are going to be presenting you episode four of uh, Supple and Lean's GeekCast. And also, uh, this episode will serve as part two in our Axe Assassin Albertson uh, trilogy Uh, of episodes that we've done in celebration of the bad lip breeding five part project i won't set this up too much because of if you listen to the previous episode uh part one um we kind of yes there's a lengthy kind of introduction as to what access assassin albertson is but as we said it's a bad lip breeding project five parts well worth checking out it's it is brilliant and um uh, it's, yes, yeah, it's kind of an extended series that this kind of went on to uh, spawn between Varhe and myself. So um, what we've also done in sort of primarily with, with the three episodes is um, the, the, the context and the, the topic of Axe Assassin Albison became a launchpad. For uh, other conversations, mainly revolving around AI, um, its burgeoning influence in each of our lives, in each of well, in art really, in the art that we enjoy and appreciate, from film to TV to music. Um, today, I think we loosely discuss um, elements of that, but I think t- this episode is. Cons- is a- and a fairly in-depth and comprehensive rundown of kind of uh, of every part of uh, this Axe Assassin Albertson uh, plot, and um, I all all praise and all credit goes to Varhe for his in-depth kind of analysis if you thought um the past episode part one was was in depth and oh my gosh the he has uncovered layers that i think bad lip reading himself will say and totally didn't get that <laughs> totally didn't know that we wrote that but yes you did because vahe found it uh and yes yeah the, these these uh trilogy of episodes were an absolute pleasure so Again, all praise, all thanks uh, to Vahe, as well as um, continuing in uh, Supple and Lean's tradition of uh, having, of creating and hosting um, a, a new theme song per episode. Uh, so, again, Vahe has blessed us with an absolute gem for part two's um, Forgotten Voids uh episodes which is your you're about to hear the theme momentarily um and uh yes there you go we'll have links to the bad lip reading project as well um in the descriptions just in case you've yet to hear the full album and in case you've yet to hear or excuse me yet to see the episodes we'll have the youtube links for those in the description you can Google each as well, of course. Um, and if you're going to Google, we'd love you to Google uh, Forever com where this uh, podcast is hosted. Uh, also, uh, Vahe's uh, co-project, co-production with Vahe's Confessions of a Curly Mind brand. And uh, we may as well hijack this time and space as well. You can also find Vahe and myself on blueandgreenradio.com, uh, which was the kind of the project that initially brought us together, where you can find us geeking out over the music uh that we've uh sort of developed our unwavering affections for it's lots of preamble so let's jump straight into our episode it's a lengthy one it's a meaty one but it's an excellent one if you're a fan of the axe assassin albertson um project we hope to have done justice to your fandom again all praise and thanks to varhe and his amazing efforts for uh, this series and um uh without further ado ladies and gentlemen it's uh varhe with forgotten voids There are doorways I haven't opened,
1: and windows I've yet to look through. Going forward may not be the answer, maybe I should go back.
0: There you go, talking all this nonsense, Uh, you're fouling up my environment, Mm, can't even take a stroll on the surface, Capricorn ships make a dude feel nervous and worthless, like I hit the brick wall, faded, the world's in flames and I'm jaded, reminiscing on the times that I never had. Memories of a life without the bad Sad to say, I'm on my way To skeleton mountain to pass the day To pass the time, but why ask why When the unknowable is so far it flies And if you really wanna know, then you got to die Wanna feel like God, so you wanna fly Not everybody is built for this Feeling more changes than an alchemist All we got is hope and our fists A righteous thrill to seal the deal Had to fight dirty just to get a meal Doppelganger swag making me feel real It's the real, recognized real But who's left in the habitat? Who fits the bill? Humanity sucks, but is it right to give up? Does everybody fail when no one gives a fuck? Take another slice of the Peach pie, sweet fuel in insect decay all night And why we up so late, cause we're pondering How it all fell, it's astonishing A record of our sins, admonishing Reaching for a heaven, and still dreaming Spaceman dreams of forgotten, forwards and reaches out forgotten voids And reaches out for a distant star It comes and it goes I feel it in my toes I feel it in my shoulders As I'm getting older But still no relief From all the grief Hey baby demons What's with all them teeth Corrupted and abused Watch them light the fuse And let us go But really I don't know when the end is near, mad and on the run, is it still to come or is it already here? Time is a mobius strip on the gun, daring you to shoot and then forcing you to run and peck rocks like them owls that bawk bok, losing their minds in this hellish confine. The world, the flame, underground is the frame of mind and body and soul. The hole is a void and it's got me paranoid Always annoyed of this future I can't avoid If only I could travel before the battle Before the seed of our many misdeeds But even then there's no guarantees Things could be worse we all agree So instead of coming apart at the seams We still chase the dream Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids. It reaches out for a distant star. A distant star. You gotta reach for that distant star. Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids. It reaches out for a distant star. No. Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids.
1: Distant Star Distant Star You gotta reach
0: for that distant star Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids and reaches out for a distant star. star Star, 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 star Yeah But yeah, obviously good enough to, uh, sit with your, uh, good self today And And talk some, uh (laughs) axe assassin <laughs> <laughs> which i can't believe we're still uh we're doing a part two on which is this is gonna be so fucking
3: excited it's no i i think it's really uh i think it's very apt to be honest like i'm um, because i was sort of just writing some stuff down a couple of days ago following our last conversation and i i think it's really interesting to kind of look at it in terms of our, our previous conversation was looking at axe assassin and then the context of our own subsequent pasts and piecing things together in the way that Axe Assassin does and now we're going to look at Axe Assassin again but then within the context of AI which is what this whole thing revolves around and our futures using this um, as as kind of well potentially our very own inevitable uh, future where humanity is all gone and all that's left is AI so we're kind of Mm. talking at it from both sides of the fence so I think it's a very apt conversation to have so I'm looking forward to
0: it yeah 100 yeah like what, what's going to be our cascade right yeah exactly we're going to leave some kind of ai monument to to house all of the human experience um not not as a just in case things go to shit we're just we know it's just it will go to shit at some point yeah um everyone kind of knows in the back of their minds like there's kind of a an ex- expiration date on this whole experience at some point yeah. and collectively speaking and it's like, well, what do we leave behind? Well, maybe a lonely AI. And I've got some, th- <laughs> I've got some theories, man. And I've look, I've, I've written quite a bit of, nom- uh, a bit of notes. I had to write it down okay. this time and get a bit, r- well, a bit, but get like, like, anally detailed about this. Um, just because I was starting to draw more out of the story as I did it, um, as I sort of analyzed every piece of it, and uh, I feel like I've got a better grasp on. What's happening and what's potentially happening, and um, potentially uh, some light of optimism left in the story as well. Uh, wow. Which I, I found completely surprising. That took me by surprise when I kind of had the thought. I'm like, oh, hold on a second.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it just kind of poured out of me. Um, and the more I was doing it, I think I messaged you this on Facebook. The more I could see myself like writing the actual yeah. story, um, like a 10 part mini series um, that tells this story uh, in the non goofy way, like right. takes all the concepts, or even all the locations, the names, the characters, everything, and just puts it into like a um, kind of like a, shit. Uh, what's that movie? Oblivion with Tom Cruise.
3: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And kind of like um, that kind of
0: vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was a really cool kind of head fucky, um Yeah, you're in post-apocalyptic somewhere, but you don't know who you are and where where you are. And yes, kind of peeling back the layers. Um, but yeah, it'll be cool to somehow tell that story—the the actual fall of man, basically. Like that. That's right. the story. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. And you were, you were, you had picked out basically stuff that they uh that they say in songs basically uh that kind of alluded to a, a grander picture and um i think wasn't it was it the theme in sort of the non video one where they actually talk about the waves of of like attacks and stuff like that don't they
0: yeah correct um what does it say I, I wrote it down here somewhere but yeah the first uh, invasion um was subtle and then the second was the one which had fire from the sky right um or like killer rocks as get identified through one of the songs as well so that that's definitely one ang- angle of the story that that happens which is what we talked about with um big ass reset events and natural disasters um that resembled you know fire from the sky type events that ax assassin also depicts um mm. yeah it's uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing. Like the more I dug into it, the more I appreciate it even more now. Like wow. it's um yeah, that's why I'm having these ideas about, well, I could tell this fucking story and I could tell it pretty damn good, I reckon. Um I might have to get in touch with the guy. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I hope he sees this somehow. Um uh yeah, I'm gonna shoot this uh link to BLR himself and be like, dude.
3: Amazing we tried to break
0: it all the way down, you know, talk to me. <laughs> talk to me <laughs> give me a job
3: <laughs> <laughs> well let's, are you ready you're gonna let's let's rummage through your notes I'm, I'm keen to to hear your um your assessment and dissection of yes uh, this epic epic tale
0: and just before we do have you actually um like since the last time we spoke have you gone back and sort of watched it again or listened to the album yeah i have again?
3: i, I- hand on heart i have uh (laughs) i have sassafras on my uh, computer tab right now (laughs) i'm obsessed with it i honestly i love the song so much uh it's just great anyway um but it's the bit that's as well like it's not in the the video version so again as you said Mm. listen to the 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 full length songs because you get more out of it as well but um uh yeah it's just there's a bit which i guess i'm a i'm a hoarder in many aspects so i think for him to make the cut on that song when he did leaving out the bridge and the the, mm. the wonderful vamp at the end it's like how could you yeah, make that creative decision but, uh-
0: <laughs> that's what i said last time i was like that's where the song just goes into overdrive and it's like- yeah
3: exactly oh but it's a great i love that song so much but yeah I've, I've watched a bunch of stuff since uh yeah um but no it's 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 a joy uh and um Mm. yeah so it's i never would have i think without these conversations and your uh prompting i would never have i don't know maybe if i had listened to it over and over something would have clicked about hey this is let's try and piece this together a little bit but i think i would have just taken it at face value and just sort of thought oh this is really funny and then ended there so i'm grateful that we've sort of spent the time with it that we have
0: yeah like i'll I'll just touch on this weird phenomena regarding these videos before I get into it. Like I Mm. I mentioned it a bit in the last um, time we talked, but these ones flew so under the radar and it wasn't just like people didn't see them because they pop up on your feed when he releases new videos, right? So I remember these actually popping up when they got released in mid 2022. It was like a year ago, Uh, around about this time, actually. It was like mid July when these videos came out. That's pretty weird, actually. Mm. I think the 17th and the 18th were the days that you, they came out. Wow. Um, okay. And I saw them. I'm like, eh. And I kind of just passed over them. That's why I didn't actually get into it till earlier this year. It was only like six, seven months after they released where I actually went back to them. I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's just give this a shot. There's five parts. So you never usually see like a five part video from BLR. Well, why did
3: you? Why did you? So it didn't try. Why did you pass it up?
0: I don't know. That's the thing. It just didn't mm. catch me. And I didn't know. I hadn't really familiarized myself with Hamilton either. I knew of it, but it wasn't really something. I'm not like that mm. into theater in general um, to, to really care. Yeah. But it just didn't seem like it was for me for some reason. I don't know. It didn't grab me. And then I had to come back to it and be like, why am I not watching this? You know, I had to ask myself and be like, what, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just forced myself to click onto number one. And probably like yourself, number part segment one was a little underwhelming because I think they cut the song a little too short when they had Pregnant and Unwell. That really All could right, have really right. set the tone if they had more of it in there. And it was a bit of a soft beginning. Like the segment one won't grab you by the balls. But then you get to Sassafras. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to everything else that comes after. And then you start to see the um, connective tissue of it. And you're like, fuck, this is actually like his best shit. And even now, a year later, some of these segments, they have not even cracked like 150,000 views, 200,000 views. Mm. And his videos, like I said last time, they average in like the 15 to 20 mil. These Star Wars ones right. that, I, that I sent you the links of earlier, they're yeah. all about like 100 plus mil, some of them 144 mil. Like, they were, they were, like, huge bonkers. And this shit just flows, flies under the radar. It's just, it's actually a bit mind-boggling considering he's eight-plus million subscribers um, and such low viewership of these videos. Mm. So, I just wanted to put that out there because I make, I reckon that's what's sort of impacting the low viewership. Um, people aren't seeing, you know, sports pictures or political figures in the thumbnail. Maybe it's just kind of thinking, oh, this isn't for me. You know, I don't know. It's really weird. Yeah, I
3: mean, I would have thought Hamilton, in of itself, was a you know it was certainly a phenomenon in of itself. I I, I thought it would have been ready made for people to go click crazy on it. To be honest, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, clearly mm. those those numbers are what they are, and there's something just didn't entice people. I don't yeah. And, and just like
0: to at straws at reasons as well. I have no idea. Why. No, I mean,
3: yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's there is no logic though. There is no um. There's no necessarily. Any any logic we could apply, there's got to be something about it which made people not kind of interested. But, I mean, just to say you mentioned the first part being a little underwhelming. But I, uh, I, um, or just this, as a slow sort of start, mm. um, I, I, for me, the, the opening noises were my favorite, uh, yes. which, <laughs> oh, which yeah. we mentioned last time. So <laughs> yeah, <nya." laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <Which, laughs> I was hooked up, you know, you know, it peaked immediately, but for me, it was just like, oh God, that's the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that may uh, be the pinnacle of his, um, of his bad lip reading career, just in that, <laughs> in that three seconds. <laughs>
0: I would happily accept that as well. No, no, you, that's a great point. Not, not taking anything away from segment one, it was just it, it didn't no, no. hit hit as sure, sure. hard as the other ones, and then it hit harder when I heard the full versions of things. And you know, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, all right. Let's break it all the way down. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break dance this all the way down. <laughs> boom, boom, psh, boom, boom, psh, boom. Alright. I've already been like trying to think of like some eighties futuristic uh soundscape I mean, to way. to put to this uh and it's gonna be a two part episode, so I'm gonna make two Oh part. my gosh. Just count them as like the same theme, right? You know how the yeah. the, the whole thing Axe Assassin has the theme, which gets repeated right. in the end and beginning and it's played right. different ways. So I'm gonna be like part one and then part two, and they're gonna be okay. kind of one of the same but different
3: when cuz we were talking about like i think i messaged you and, and i was just as i'm typing it i'm like oh my gosh like you're going insurance. to do two songs surely can't possibly you couldn't possibly do it it's yeah. too much for anybody to take on by themselves <laughs> but, stop um,
1: yourself you're a madman <laughs> the inspector
0: scotland yard yeah
3: but Again. yeah okay
0: surely you must be joking did, did
3: i write surely
0: i'm just i'm just over oh uh, i probably did no, Overdoing no, the british trope, you know how i do <laughs> I, I take you and then i just like jack you up to like 15 on like the stereotype level and
3: yeah, I was right. worried, I actually wrote it shortly And then it was like, oh my gosh, I actually came off like that But uh, no, that's okay Yeah, call well I came blimey. off like that anyway But
0: not going to do two two crappy theme songs, is he?
3: God governor,
1: don't do it, two please Two theme songs, this lad <laughs> This lad's got something I like to call theirs. Short <laughs> for Pizzazz
0: <pisses>. Um <laughs> Where are we? We are off the rails. That was a train track that we had for a discussion and it just went tickga, tickga, do, do, and it fell off like a fucking cliff um, get it together peeps. This is supple and lean by the way supple and lean
3: supple and lean undefined um, who's who but uh, yeah. does it matter? It doesn't matter
0: We could it be matter. because we are both supple and lean. We can be either supple or lean. And both at the same time, and neither. Yeah, it's it. like fucking Zen shit, whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I used to be a Buddhist, and I still don't fucking know. Um. All right, so I'm gonna take this just in order, so it's gonna be per, like segment by segment, um, right. and then I'm weaving in all the additional information you get from the album, and then things that. Wonderful. There is actually a Wikipedia for BLR videos, so there was quite a bit of good information that I plucked from there as well, just actual just okay. facts. Right? And then a whole bunch of other shit I had to pick apart from the lyrics of the songs and do a bit of detective work like I like to do. Um, like I like to do. That sounds like my 90s fucking r album. <laughs> like I like to do. <laughs> it's just like too many likes and too many likes in that fucking title but it's like just enough to be a sexy fucking bedroom <laughs> hit. oh like i like to do and there's some fucking saxophone oh now it sounds, it sounds some barry white oh my shit.
3: god you've already you know what if this becomes That's the basis for uh <laughs> it's like, oh, now I know where your ideas come from.
0: <laughs> like a, like do. do, do, do. And then the doo-doos can be the saxophone hits. Do, yes. do, do. Do, do, bam. Focus. Focus. Um, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll start from segment one. So... Uh, as we kind of established in, in the first part of this, the we start off in a hellscape. It's post-human extinction. The year is 2122. Uh, a lone surviving AI called Cascade stands for Keller and Society Cellular Ultraficial Intelligence Domain. Um, is the lone living thing remaining in the world and it's exploring the remnants of the now-corrupted Hamilton musical and attempting to revive the old audio and being about 98.33% accurate. <laughs> Which is complete <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so it's kind of overestimating its uh its abilities already. Um to me, you know what, I'll even mention it straight off the bat. Cascade is very acts very human to me. Um we might get oh, That'll be a nice convo to get into. Um so we've got the intro that depicts this post apocalyptic lifeless earth. Uh Cascade kind of begins narrating. And says that to distract itself from the tragedy of human extinction it took the archives of the Hamilton musical and made new audio to match the characters lips and movements and then the theme song begins and we get introduced to Axe Assassin Albertson immediately and to me it was always ominous at the beginning because they, they repeat the phrase um, and this world can't save itself I suggest you run I suggest you run and it's like wow <laughs> mm. Uh, things must have really got pretty fucked up. Um, I think in the album version, um, he gets into a bit about his story. He says, I'm inspector of uh the third worst habitat in sector K of Thunderground. So we establish these underground habitat. Status is tragic, but a scavengers, magic. I'll learn to make the people laugh, see the terminus in cube four. I don't know what terminus in cube four is supposed to be referenced to, but I learned to make the people laugh is what we talked about last time that you liked the fact he had um he was trying to aspire to be like a stand-up comedian and he was constantly right. trying to <laughs> you know win win over um Governor Corbyn, which is who the bald guy was. um right. Governor Corbyn, which is like his boss, is constantly putting him down <laughs> about it. <laughs> Um, he then says, the air is poison. You'll hear a noise on the wind again. Uh, so, yeah, the, the atmosphere is fucked. Um, the noise on the wind, to me, is something that's referenced later in one of the other songs, which might be like air raid sirens. Or like uh, noises of spaceships. Right. Um, the next line, he says, a doppelganger from the over space appears again. Which I mentioned right. heaps, right? About the doppelgangers. Yes. Yeah. What I was trying to remember was the term that they use, which was overspace. Um, they established that as a concept in this intro, and then he ends with saying, "All of these demons got me swinging and cleaving. You know, my axe is burning hot. I've been using it a lot." And just real quickly, I was like, "What is overspace?" I know I've heard of over this, over that. Oversoul is another term I've heard before, but I'm not too mm. familiar with the over part. So I Google it, and the first thing that pops up is um, a little segment from the Marvel Comics. So it's actually part of Marvel lore, where overspace is a dimensional space above and apart from all other realities, where one can confer and communicate with abstract cosmic entities, such as eternity, death, or the living tribunal, and is considered a parallel dimension. So to me, it's implying that these demon doppelgangers are actually like... Interdimensional beings, not like extraterrestrials or anything like that, um, and that you've got this overspace that they kind of come from. Um, so it kind of helps sets up, I guess, the main antagonists. Uh, straight off the bat, hmm. um, thoughts, comments so far. You yeah, no, a lot of this um, already. But
3: no, no, it's there. yes, absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm eagerly. Uh, kind of i I think what i've just sort of realized uh is that i suppose when you're looking at a story with uh, man's extinction and all that's left is an ai you would assume ai was responsible for the extinction um having made that decision to you know man is going to destroy himself and the planet so ai takes the decision to eliminate the problem which in this case is man but that's not (laughs) actually the case is it ai um um it, it, yeah ai in this context isn't responsible for um uh yeah it, i guess i don't know it hadn't achieved that higher state of uh kind of consciousness where it made that conclusion uh yeah. so it, yeah that's kind of, i guess it's kind of interesting we normally the simple math is that uh cascade would have been responsible for it but not not actually the case i'm just sort of as you were describing the sort of the mm. the supposed enemy in this case it's interesting to know that that's actually it's not cascade is it
0: yeah Yeah, which is, I don't know, I guess I assume that going in as well. Um, But, yeah, like, Cascade only ever got presented as benign and actually very sympathetic um, based Mm. on his motivations for even doing the bad lip reading. Like, it's motivated by the fact that it actually uh, missed um, the humans that created it, I guess, but it never – well, I guess there would be a story to tell there too, like the story of Cascade, um, his birth, his interaction with the humans up until – he was the only thing left. It'll be pretty. You uh, even
3: described yeah. it as in. I think the intro where you said, uh, "But but but he mourns the." I may have added the word "mourns," but uh, the mm. tragic loss of of man. Even that is a that's a sen- that sentiment from yeah. from an AI, isn't it? Just the the use of that term, <laughs> to, the fact that he deems it as tragic, um, is yeah. That it kind of presents a, a new facet to to Cascade and, and, in of itself.
0: And to me, that humanizes Cascade. Like yeah. the, his motivations are like a purely human. He's been, you can say, in a, in a lot of ways, he's been programmed immaculately because he's kind of emoting like a human. You know what I mean? Mm. It's uh, it yeah. kind of is like the best monument. If that is the last thing we could leave behind, it is capturing the essence and the soul of a human and being able to convey yeah. that through a machine. It's that's pretty incredible. Uh,
3: mm. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, now, we're going to jump straight into your fucking favorite track, uh, which <laughs> is a Sassafras. Uh, no, actually, no, we're not going to jump into Sassafras first. We, no, because we got the um, pregnant and unwell. So, sorry, Angelica, right. who's the name of the character who sings a song, I guess, in mm-hmm. the, I don't know if that's the same name as the characters in Hamilton. Are they just using uh, the same names for the, these women? There's Angelica and Eliza, the two women. Yes,
3: that's Hamilton. Uh, that, that's the the Hamilton, yeah. So um, okay. the Sassafras lady is Angelica.
0: Okay, so the, in these, I guess, the, the wikis, they're just referring to them by those names, unless they've been named okay. otherwise. So right. Sassafras chick is Angelica. She's the sister of Axe Assassin's wife, who is Eliza. Um, after their introductions, which you which you love... <laughs> um, no,
3: you're not!
0: <laughs> and I love their southern accents. They both got yeah. a bit of a twang. Like, eliza has yeah, got brilliant. a... I was just messing around. You know, that part. <laughs> um, so after their introductions, they reveal they are both pregnant with Demon Spawn. This is the whole <laughs> impetus behind the song Pregnant and Unwell. This gets right. cut short really short in the video, but in the album version you get like two or three more verses of what the fuck's happening so based on all that information <clears throat> both sisters return from the doctor explaining that a demon attack resulted in them being pregnant with baby demons initially they mentioned someone named corbin who's governor corbin we'll come to find who oversees the entire habitat that they live in there's also the first mention of the demons striking at dawn which is a recurring motif that gets mentioned uh, a few times. I think I mentioned that last episode Right, the dawn, absolutely. The dawn, yeah, it it pops up quite a bit. Um, There's an implication of the demon horde force-infesting human women as hosts for their demon spawn, and then the female human physiology being very important to their overall invasion plans. And to me, this is like an oblique reference to the story of the Nephilim. Like biblically, um, you got these angelic beings who descend upon man and impregnate human females to create new offspring and like we talked briefly about is there any reference to religion or god right i did find a few <laughs> so okay. to me that's a really kind of mm, yeah maybe uh but to me like it's it's very like on the nose in terms of like oh, there's a lot of stories about that um through many many different sources talking about higher beings um, yeah, impregnating human females. Uh, But this is the situation they're in. Uh, Angelica constantly refers to their their stomachs as stomach tanks uh, in the song. Right. She says, uh, pregnant means that there's a fetus up in our stomach tanks. (laughs) Um, And that's to me like the first hint of them all not being 100% human, right? We talked about them potentially being augmented humans at this point. There's a lot of references to like just cybertechs and polyborgs. Um, right. I feel like that's another reference that she's referring to her own tummy as stomach tank. Um, the, the refrain talks about them being out one night walking and then they heard a voice talking, only then resulting in the impregnation. Um, am I saying that right? Impregnation,
3: yes, is that I a word? It, uh I. Uh yeah you impreg- sure are you impregnate but you impregnate but what yeah Pregnancy? Okay, let's with, uh, uh, I don't put, know. Put, put the baby in the tummy yeah um- <laughs> that'll do it yeah.
0: um <laughs> uh yeah so it's, it starts out with a voice so this to me mirrors axe assassin's encounter with maria who's the lady in the red dress who talks to the lamp yes. who also turns out to be a demonic presence and or doppelganger um Angelica says the demon struck from the shadows and laments the fact that Governor Corbin sent Inspector Dewey back to his post in the Warren, which apparently left them defenseless against the attack. This is a in introducing all the main characters in the song, um, in the opening track, and this kind of then just turns into like a body horror aliens type situation where they describe the baby demon as having like twelve fingers and tw- and toes, a prickly tail, and a demony nose. Uh, little teeth sharper than knives and then hoping that the baby doesn't eat its host (laughs) she actually says i hope this one doesn't eat its host implying that there have been others that have been victimized Mm. and, and not survived so now every time they hear their stomachs growl it means something else other than just regular hunger
1: wow
0: um the song ends abruptly in the video version as axis has and says there's a doppelganger somewhere in the room um, and then that ends so that's Pregnant and Unwell which barely gets a look in in the mm. segment video version but if you listen to the uh, album version that's the whole story what do you think of that? <laughs>
3: So would that, that would constitute the, how did they describe the first wave? Was it a subtle or they, what was the, the terminology they used to describe the first wave? Because that's a great first wave. If you're secretly impregnating women who have no idea what, what's, in, um, you know, what they're carrying.
0: Go. Oh, you're bang on the money. It's not, uh, it says the first invasion came from within. Ah, Un- wow. Unheralded right. unseen. So that's doppelgangers. Doppel. Yeah. And, um, these kind of demon pregnancies where they're planning some shit uh, that linked to them.
3: Yeah. Wow. Like uh, several million Trojan horses.
0: Who knows? Like what would be the purpose? You know, I mean, that's, I think even X-Files did shit like this too, right? Mm. Uh, where they mixed uh, in their thing, it was the black goo. That black goo was kind of mixed with human DNA and it did shit to humans. Right. You no, know, it's, um, and then there's like, yeah, like I said, the biblical stories of mixing species to interbreed and produce something new. Um, yeah,
3: like that is just
0: front and center. Uh,
3: and they're pregnant yeah. and unwell. <laughs> Brutal first wave, but I mean, effective as it could be, isn't it? Amazing.
0: Yeah. And that second wave was like the physical destruction from above. So it's like start wow. from within and then take take without and – you got nowhere else to run but underground essentially
3: god amazing work dude gosh the level of detail we're we're oh yeah gosh we're very lucky that you spent the time this is amazing appreciate it
0: um it's gonna little be a little bit of me doing this just so i can squeeze it all in and we can get the other discussions uh, involved too but um we're capping it at the two hours as per normal
3: uh ish yeah 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 okay yes
0: I think we're about yeah. half an hour in. All right, that's. Uh, <laughs> right, I fucking went to the trouble. We're gonna do this. You're gonna do this with me. Yeah, let's right, go. Let's hold each other, tiny dancer. <laughs> hold, hold me close, Imran
3: dancer. <clears throat> okay. Which i supposed to pick up the singing? Okay, no,
0: <laughs> no, no. You're supposed to just awkwardly ignore. That's just uh, yeah. No, no. Um, you should always do people. <laughs> Anytime you see me in the street and you try to say hello, and then I just kind of look at you like a scared little rat just got <laughs> disturbed trying to eat a piece of cheese in, in private. And then you just calmly just <laughs> nod your head and walk away. And then that's pretty much that's all you're going to get from me. You know?
3: Oh, what can I insane. say? Yeah. Yeah. But, you well know, they deserve.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was just living out like a splinter fantasy there. I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to start talking about my fucking coffee can and shit. <laughs> yeah.
3: It seems out that he'd be a part of it. But no, please yeah. proceed. proceed. You, don't,
0: you don't know where I came from. I came from the street. I grew up in an old coffee can. So, you, what? <laughs> what the fuck you grew up in a coffee can? Yeah. Is it a human-sized coffee can? What kind of coffee can we talking about here? You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. I just completely take Splinter's backstory trying to pass it off as real.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the basis of his gangster album. I love it. His gangster yeah. rap album. Well he's yeah, from New York and
0: cool. shit, so you know. Yeah,
3: well, yeah.
0: Is he? Gotham yeah. is basically Well <laughs> Gotham is New York, New York is Gotham, everything's New York. Um all right. Let's move along so we've uh, we've just finished that off and this is still segment 1 um next we have uh, we get introduced to the aforementioned inspector dewey who's probably one of my favorite characters he runs uh, the warren which is uh, or sometimes referred to as his golden warren in the forest a uh, place mostly populated by creek dolphins <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that line <laughs> he's explaining what a, what the warren is to Axe um, Assassin right. he's like it's mostly populated by Greek dolphins <laughs>
2: <laughs> great impression uh, by the way
0: dude yeah I can. I think I can do a pretty good impression of all of them at this point amazing um, so I kind of just whittled down the most notable lines uh, from his initial song a Lump slash Beans right. um, we already know most of it we kind of covered it in episode 1 um, but there's a second part of his song which says hold the glow cane there goes the rain the, the glow cane uh, <laughs> as you can see it wasn't really raining <laughs> Foo! like that's literally my favorite part <laughs> that whole sequence from hold the glow cane to when he goes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Foo! like that because in the video version he just kind of punches his fist in the air <laughs> So, it's like this, like, out of nowhere, (laughs) like that. Um, And then it immediately goes into, like, some fucking deep shit. He says, uh, Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids and reaches out for a distant star. I'm like, yeah? the Spaceman dreams of forgotten voids and reaches out for a distant star. I think that's us. I think that's, we're not Spacemen... We're dreaming of being spacemen because we dream of forgotten voids. We dream of uh, empty chunks of history from our collective journey. And we reach out for a further and further distant star that's getting more and more distant, but with time. Uh, how do you like them apples?
3: <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, it's a great line, as you said. But, like, that's mm. – yeah, we're the spacemen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an oxymoron at the end of the day, but it's like we'll never go to space, but we we have some collective memory of maybe being there or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can go many different ways with it. But then immediately the line after is, is sold my friend's pinky to buy a new jar. <laughs> 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 like, all right, so evidently Dewey really loves beans. Um, To the point where he sold his friend's pinky finger to buy a jar that would house them. As far as what I understood. Um, Now, Eliza says, uh, comes in after this, uh, I think they're having a talk, Eliza and Axe Assassin. Eliza says, she saw Axe Assassin digging in the backyard. She also says she found Axe Assassin's wizard wand in the trunk and that he was going to turn their son into a centaur. Right. Axe Assassin says they could, but they could ride a centaur to the airport. And then Eliza uh, rebuffs him by saying she prefers horses that are 100% horse. <laughs> right. I think she <laughs> says something like, I think full horses are, mu- are much more wonderful, though. Right. So she's trying to convince him to stop being like obsessed with centaurs and now trying to turn their son into a centaur and it's it's the first of a few mentions of centaurs and axe assassin's slight obsession with them and other mythical creatures i guess um and then yeah there's this weird sort of uh, weird sort of ongoing story there even the theme song um the album version i think theme song mentioned it towards the very end where there's a refrain um where you hear like the choruses, uh the the chorus line saying He'll play a centaur and he's obsessed with centaurs and he's Inspector Albertson, Inspector Axis,
1: Albertson.
0: (laughs) But that's what they're saying in those lines. He'll play a centaur and he's obsessed with centaurs. (laughs) So he's obsessed with centaurs. Um, (laughs) uh, Do you remember his comedy uh, attempt at a comedy routine where he talks about it again? He mentions centaurs there as well. Um, is that the
3: one where they're face to face and he goes, That's not comedy, and then it's sort of Lynn's turn, or is that a different that's a different scene? Yeah, yeah. that's
0: it? no, the same right. one because he ends that he's oh, he goes on that rant. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, but he mentions centaurs like repeatedly, right. so um he's got some kind of obsession going there. Um that's the end of segment one. Wow.
1: Gosh. Okay.
0: Um, segment one, segment one. Okay. Um, i will probably just jump straight into the first part of segment two just because we've kind of not much to cover there with the centaur stuff, really, <laughs> other than just mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will uh just touch on basically everything leading up to. Well, let's do Sassafras, right? This is going to be the best. You're going to yes. love this one, <laughs> but um. First part of segment two, Axe Assassin Albertson is telling Governor Corbin, who's the governor of Bleaker Town, that he wants to make people laugh. And then uh, Corbin is basically saying uh, the only people that would laugh at Axe Assassin would be the dead. <laughs> Axe Assassin <laughs> argues with the governor about how uh, he, the, he doesn't laugh either. Um, and then an enraged Governor Corbin tells Axe Assassin to go clean the sewer place. Uh, which he does like there is a running uh, thread through that as well where he later meets up with dewey and he's talking about the fact that he didn't clean it very well Um, there's a few lines towards it Uh, but the very next scene is sassafras by angelica (laughs) all right so all right let's do this line by line uh i admit i'd lied to you my friend from the sky fort wrecked my nugget uh, this is complete conjecture on my part, but this small reference to um, uh, sky forts, uh, it connects to Rock Rock Broke the Bok Bok.
3: Right. <laughs> where
0: Lip Sweat references some kind of space station, satellite, or a piece of previously functioning tech that crashes and washes ashore. The sky fort can also be related to something that's mentioned a couple of times, which is a Capricorn warship which I failed to mention in episode one. This is huge. Mm. Uh, it's mentioned in Bok Bok and then name-checked by Dewey at the very end of Sweet Fueling, where he ends the song by saying, we defied the Capricorn, right? Right. He says, we defied the Capricorn. So it was as I was piecing this together, it was hard to tell if the crew of the Capricorn warship were acting independently of the resistance movement. As Dewey says, they defied them. Bok Bok also implies it could belong to the enemy, which I think makes more sense. I think it's an enemy warship called the Capricorn or a Capricorn class warship, um, which was really, really interesting uh, to to try to peel back. Um, Next line, she's reading torture books and speaks to some form of self-defense. At this point, she has and was already infested with the demon spawn maybe she's looking for ways to defend herself from further demon incursions Mm. or just even looking for ways to get rid of herself of the demon pregnancy she mentions a hawk a couple of times um and how her hawk is a scanner hawk (laughs) it's a a scanner hawk (laughs) right I couldn't find any references to what a scanner Hawk was, but when I Googled it, it came up with the Zeiss T-Scan Hawk 2, a state-of-the-art tool that enables accurate and precise surface defect inspections of aircraft components during MRO processes. It utilizes a non-contact laser-based scanning tech that can detect even the smallest surface defects, such as cracks, corrosions, and delamination. So to me, um, I think she has some kind of cybernetic Hawk (laughs) <laughs> um, that might, I don't know, be useful to some kind. And there's always a screeching sound of a hawk heard each time she mentions it in the song. If you actually. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Every time she mentions, she mentions the hawk twice. And then you hear the sound. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then apparently you oh, can actually right. see a picture of the hawk that's shown in the intro of the first segment. And the, they kind of illustrate the hawk there as well. Wow. Um, so it's a it's a (laughs) scanner hawk let's see so yep that's the hawk and then she says I was walking down a long avenue my skull is awesome and my hawk is flying while the world's in flames that's when she says she's a scanner hawk so there's a reference to a skull which is also mentioned in sweet fueling where he mentions dinosaur skulls Um, the rest of it sounds like autobiographical so she launches into some kind of mechanized. Uh, she launches some kind of mechanized hawk to survey the now torched surface of the Earth, which is the second invasion, right? Fire from the sky, uh, killer rocks, <laughs> decimating the surface, and she's got her fucking scanner hawk flying through the worlds while the world's in flames, and she's kind of surveying everything. <clears throat> um, yeah. Um, I'll never be a diamond dancing with the laws of the lost man vibe saying right. she will never live up to the purity and excellence of her ancestors who are now well and truly lost to time and presumably either dead or captured by the invading force. I, find a, I found this nice quote by um, a writer named Daniel Defoe. Um, I think it was British from about two, 300 years ago. He says the soul is placed in the body like a rough diamond and must be polished or the luster of it will never appear. So Angelica will never achieve this and laments it on behalf of the entire remaining human race. Um, she'll never be a diamond polished to her best self. Um, dancing to the, to the with the laws of the lost man vibe, because that's her people, her tribe, they're all lost. Um, so, you don't think Angelica's human? Um, no, I think they are. Like, they're, they're not like. I think there's just implications of them having some components that's like cybernetic in, in right. nature, but I think they're essentially all still human. Yeah, I think she's human. Great. Right. Do you think she's human? Yeah,
3: I, I, I think so. I'm, 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 I'm only now considering it as your sort of feeding the sort of the lines and Mm. analyzing things um in 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 this context because you had you alluded to there being an element of say cybernetic uh what's the term alteration so we say so i mean just the fact that she's surveying with the the skyhawk thing it's kind of like is she (laughs) knowing something that other people say don't or has she gone through an evolution process from her demon spawn um so yeah
0: her specifically, yeah, you're right. You'd have to factor in like the, the fucking demon spawn, which I tried to do a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you could you could get away with saying it's some like post apocalyptic, but high tech. Um, so she's got some kind of mechanical hawk. That's just like a drone, basically. It's, it acts like a drone, and she's got like right. the, a remote for it on her <clears throat> wrist, potentially. Yeah. <clears throat> um, now there's one bit we really skipped over completely which was the bit by Axe Assassin where he says, get high on the beat, can't yeah. quibble with the devil but not heed the fire <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like great line, boss line and I didn't bother trying to unpack it because I'm like, okay, that's just, it's good enough as it is, there's no need to fucking pull that apart, but like, get high on the beat, can't quibble with the devil but not heed the fire, so it's like you can't you can't start a fight with the devil and then not expect there to be fire. Mm. But like, what's the implication? Like, did we do something to start this? Like, what right. do we do? Maybe we triggered this somehow, and this is like payback. <laughs> I didn't even uh, contemplate that until just now.
3: But does does. This axe assassin in that moment does because he he presents himself in two different ways in that scene doesn't in that specific Mm. moment because he does have this like he's like like you said that line that he says and he goes i'm mrs sassafras and she says no you're not Mm. and then he softens doesn't he i mean like can i touch it and you know he kind of like it's like it's not the same person if there was a third person in that scene then it's like Mm. he would have attributed those lines to him but it's like he changes in that moment where he's this almost uh, all knowing villain who talks about you like you said like you yeah. brought this on yourself but then he changes back to, to axe assassin.
0: Yeah yeah so something going on with him as well because mm. he, he does that once in the segments where he's like I have to talk sort of low like this and then she says mm. maybe don't and he's like okay this is more of a normal tone for me. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> something's going on and sometimes he he does that as well. He'll he'll say random shit um in a different tone of voice. So yeah, good catch. Something, some weird going on with Axe Assassin for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, he does come across a little like intimidating in that scene. Like even the way he's looking, he's like, you know. Um, I think I, I kind of broke down what Sassafras is all about. So it's like, who is Mister Sassafras? To me, he's evidently not human, as he always starts the chorus with "Look at this human." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is so to me, I think like axe assassin in this song is playing the character of mr sassafras right in a, in a sense like he's acting it out mm. so there is a character of mr sassafras i don't think he's human there's heavy implications of like sex and sensuality uh you know kissing a, her hand right um and then later on in the in the album version in the chorus eliza joins in on the chorus and she starts saying things like um I'm um, Mr. Sassafras, and I'm hot for your diction. Right. He says, you're coming round, and now I'm down for some friction. And then, um, I'm feeling naughty for your bodily emissions. Right. And, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> All of which makes me think Sassafras is a not-so-subtle euphemism for either, like, a human female or male seed. Oh. Yeah.
3: But he says, "I miss the sassafras," right? And she yeah. says, "No, you're not." Yeah, I, I I attributed like the fact that he does the voice where he calls her a human, and then he goes, "I miss the sassafras," and she goes, "No, you're not." And then mm. almost, well, he says another line, I think, but then softens. Hey,
0: he just goes, "Hey there, miss. Sa- hey there, miss sassafras." That's that's does the it, next line. Yeah. Does he
3: say, "Miss"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Who oh, you? I'm oh, Mr. Sassafras. No, you're not. Who the Mr Sassafras? Uh he just says the same almost the same shit uh, right after. Yeah, it's it's a hard one to crack. Oh, it's but it's yes. definitely like there's a sensuality to it, or at least like yes, 100%. is trying to be like he's like I said, it's like an act within an act, almost like he's he's putting on an act, he's trying to act like this Lafario fucking Romeo type character who may not be human
3: <laughs> maybe um, there was an, a, a happy days equivalent and sassafras was their fonzarelli
0: <laughs> Yeah, something like that <laughs> um and then that fucking the really condensed lines that she has after where she goes there you go going to retrieve your axe and when you roll yeah. the beach every once he's a legend ashlyn and the villain of the deep were there ashlyn that's a name and the villain of the deep were there and had to whole, spend the whole day crouched in hiding. So to me, it's like, despite Axe Assassin's goofy nature and his weird sort of personality <laughs> ticks, his main weapon is an axe, and he apparently is well-known and feared for it. Um, as he said, his axe is running hot. He uses it a lot. Um, and then she says, I think you better have another talk to the tortoise. <laughs> right. I think you better have another talk to the tortoise. That's probably one of the best lines to, to, <laughs> that they lip-synced. So, Inspector, I believe that it was he that told you. Um, so, I'm unsure here if there's some kind of communing with some actual spiritual being here. Like, the you know, tortoises, commonly known to represent wisdom, endurance, protection, long life, and actually represent the earth itself in some cultures. So, he's, he's having another talk to the tortoise. Like, who's the tortoise? Like, the universe? Like what's he communicating with you and what did he tell him Uh, she says got too many icky freaky beings up in this house they are currently being overwhelmed by the amount of doppelgangers demons and other chimerical creatures of which the minotaur is one chimera chimeras are like you know mixture of different species into one animal Um, she mentions she can smell their fishy tears and <laughs> calls them varmints and pests and says her hawk can get rid of them um, fishy tears did you like there's a really good like run on like lines there and stuff like yeah. that uh, that whole section um, some interesting shit happening there um, <clears throat> there's one other line that's worth mentioning it's by axe assassin he says there's a person lurking in my parents attic hidden in my old school work now I'm erratic I'm not sure of what it represents, really, but it sounds like another inf- infiltration by the invading force, mm. implying that Axe Assassin and the rest of his current cast are like second or third generation survivors of this ongoing conflict. Right? So wow. The it's like a really oblique way of saying something sort of taken over. Um, in my in my from my childhood, it's been happening since then. Um, wow. Wow. I think that's all I got for <laughs> sassafras. Um, so it's not the easiest one to to crack no, but either. But there's a lot. You've done happening an amazing there. job. There's a lot yeah. happening there. Um, and this whole thing with the Capricorn warship—that to me, as soon as you start right. naming shit like that, I'm like, yeah, you've 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 uncorked something that can't be recorked in my brain. It's just. Mm. I can write the rest of the story without even having to look at anything else like um, but yeah any yeah, any thoughts okay. takes on
3: um no I think like that's it's yeah a, a wonderful analysis it's very very cool I'm quite keen to listen to it for like the eighth time today um kind of with this sort of new perspective on it but um uh, yeah does the name sassafras or the word sassafras appear at any other point in in these episodes
0: it does not no wow. that's why there's like no precedent for it
3: There's a lot of like uh you know i guess attention to it in, in and it's just in that one say song but it's i suppose it's a it's an interesting theme to have discarded um uh i guess for the remainder of the episodes but um uh, out of interest for for fun do you know what that what they're actually saying what the characters are actually saying with the instead of sassafras
0: um not too sure so I, it's I sh-
3: that well the song that they're doing is satisfied so um oh, uh, yeah. yeah so uh, sassa sassafras <laughs> <is> a, <laughs> is right, a nice right. likeness um but uh yeah it's no it's brilliant that's well.
0: I just did a quick uh, Google of sassafras. So it's a slang for a hallucinogen that's also known as methylendioxamamphetamine or MDA. (laughs) Uh, You might also hear it called sass or sally. It's derived from the oil of the sassafras plant. Oh, wow. So sassafras, what else could it be? Some kind of like hallucinogen, maybe some kind of, thing that's used somehow
3: side interesting sassafras the root bark is used to make medicine despite serious safety concerns people use sassafras for many conditions
0: wow i was living for the living inside my sassafras that's kind of how she uses a term right yeah yeah oh my
1: <clears> gosh
0: So, oh, maybe it's some kind of healing thing, yeah. Something
3: like that maybe going on. There's a few different things happening there. So it says there's no good scientific evidence to support the use for medicine. It's weird. Yeah.
0: Well, they obviously haven't watched the BLR video. Now there is. Ah.
3: (laughs) Zing. Zingarelli. <clears throat> All right. Um, um, oh, it was a um, food. Also, one more one more thing about it. Apparently, it was used to flavor root beer. Uh, but, yeah. however, sassafras contains safrole, a volatile oil, which has been classified as a likely carcinogen <laughs> to humans and banned as a food <laughs> additive.
0: <laughs> of course, <laughs> only after we ingest like a fucking three generations <laughs> worth of it.
3: Oh, by the way,
0: those things you've been eating called eggs. They're a killer.
1: <laughs> what the fuck you mean? I've been eating like
0: ten eggs a day for the last thirty years <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. anyway, um I'm just gonna keep ripping through these. Yeah. Um, ripping through them like a like a wet fart, but like a very <laughs> uh informational wettest of farts, but also full oh, of info. Yeah. It's like the it's Matrix so... hits you with a big wet fart, and you're absorbing it all in code. Yes. But it's like fecal code.
3: It's it's, it's so graphic. Yeah, but, um... <laughs> that's
0: life, Imran. That's life. <laughs> just gotta pick yourself up by the balls and just get on with it. You know what I mean? Uh... <laughs> what an interesting visual. Um, so segment three, because <clears throat> you know B L R is gonna listen to this, right? <laughs> Seriously, give give me a job, dude. I'll do I'll do whatever you want. (laughs) Now that wasn't sexual, by the way. Um, Okay, segment segment three. In the first scene, (laughs) in the first scene, Axe Assassin chews out Maria, so that she's the chick in the red dress, Maria Reynolds, Mm -hmm. uh, for spraying emotion in his face and saying he needs to find a cure for his skin. Eventually, he finds out that he's not speaking to Maria, but actually a doppelganger. Axe assassin backs away from the Maria doppelganger who attempts to cha cha him into oblivion. <laughs> right. Um, that's the, yeah, another, obviously, we discussed this last time encounter with a doppelganger. Yeah. And doppelganger swag should not be a thing. He gets really worried. Um. So, where are we? Lip sweat. Lip sweat and his accomplice kill a person. So, that's the nine year old. <laughs> right. <laughs> nine-year-old lip sweat uh an axe assassin then directs his attention to a dude called bleaker bud who has like a few lines one of the lines he says is can i say pecker bag <laughs> and then he's one of the comedians at, in the other sort of comedy right. off thing that they do who gets um, criticized by corbin um so that's happening i think he says sweet we have made a fresh new death or whatever, and they give a high five. And then the Peaches Man begins singing the song. Right. Peaches Man. <laughs> I'm the Peaches Man. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> um, so the Peaches Man. Who the fuck is the Peaches Man? He he protects the town's food supply. He begins delivering peaches to the town of Bleecker Town, while others are in the middle of a battle. He says, I, I smuggle round peaches in artery cans. Uh... I'm thinking, like, what the fuck's an artery can? But if you just Google artery can, you get a whole lot about, you know, um, cannulas and arteries and, and shit like that. And it's still about the heart, obviously. So I'm thinking, what if, like, an artery can is just a petrified heart? That That's kind of what they've got. And they're transporting peaches in artery cans. Like, to me, a direct translation of artery can would be, like, artery of a heart that's turned into a can. <laughs> Um, and then he mentions uh, i know a barber you would like that's the first reference to barber dan who led to get mentioned by dewey and sweet fueling right um seems like in the song peaches man is appearing less frequently than usual probably due to the state of food in general at this point and he's reassuring people that he's got a new batch coming in soon he says i got a new batch coming in soon i gotta pickle them, and then i'll get them to you better peaches than anyone that you know Uh, then the chorus responds to him saying you're the only peach seller we know so that isn't saying much but if you bring your wares around the habitat then you would sell a bunch this peach shortage sucks (laughs) (laughs) and then the the ending lines are peaches for sale prices are high peaches for sale six for an eye which I thought he was saying six for a dime um for some reason, but apparently in the wiki says six for an eye. Um, So I don't know if they're trading body parts at this point as well. Could have something to do with, you know, augmented bits and pieces of humans. Maybe you need organic replacements as well. Um, But this
3: would, wouldn't this like a lot of this sort of um, mean that the sort of the invasions have, have progressed yeah. Like if you know food shortages and stuff like that. So we're talking you know it's just this post mm-hmm. like the second maybe wave at this point.
0: Yeah, I'd say cuz the third wave doesn't describe anything specific. The third wave is one that breaks you as as a as a spiritual being, I think cuz the third wave um Let's see. So it says, it was the third invasion, however, that was the most damaging for it was then that humanity was forced to assimilate a new understanding of its place in the cosmos. And that's when the scientists learned to communicate with the trees. So maybe that's when they started sort of augmenting humans. Um, Right. And then we had to reassess where we are in the the structure. Maybe we were forced to do it to survive. Maybe we have less reliance on food even though he still needed organic food to, to mm. live. Uh, but definitely we're in like a period that's it's already far gone. This is just, you know, but they're, they're just hanging on and they're going through the motions. Um, but you can already see the writing on the wall everywhere. Um, so that was Peaches Man. It was a very quick segment. Again, it's longer in the album version. Mm. Axe Assassin then tells Dewey that he should go get a Turbo Estate but Dewey says he would have to abandon his golden warren uh, in the forest, which is again populated with creek dolphins. Right. <laughs> uh, Dewey leaves to dance in his warren. Axe Assassin attempts to lie that he didn't touch the drawer with the gold teeth. And Dewey says that he saw Axe Assassin in Skyliff's room. So we don't know who Skyliff is. Um, some kind of lie about not touching golden teeth. Uh so I haven't quite unpacked that that little mm. story there, but uh the most we get out of it is that Dewey uh has his own sort of section of the habitat that he um is responsible for. And he, he's a very like nature loving guy. You get that kind of sense, and he's very um empathetic, he's very friendly, he's probably one of the friendlier characters, a lot more uh yeah, a lot more friendly and endearing than Axe Assassin himself, who's who's a lot more neurotic. Mm. Um, So Dewey then begins to sing Sweet Fuelin', one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, great song. Great fucking song. Uh, The ghost never has a pillow every night. I believe baloney may have ruined my little brother's runway hair curl. Uh, Didn't bother trying to unpack those. Um, But then it got to so many dinosaur skulls dragging me down the slide, which is, to me, another skull reference. And it's actually a reference to something called Skeleton Mountain, which is a location in... Somewhere Around the Habitat, which gets sung about in Bok Bok. Um, he then says, Was th- think about a certain Joker thing, which somebody said. Possibly a reference to Assassin's Attempts at Comedy. Right. And then the next line is very, uh, maybe a little meta. Like he says, if you, d- if you don't believe in real diseases, these diseases can't get you. Get real, man, they're real. Um, And then some people feel this is like a dig at those who doubted the existence of like COVID-19. Oh, wow. Which is what prompted BLR to make these in the first place.
3: That's right. You mentioned last time, yeah.
0: So it's not really out of the realm of possibility that that could be something that was on his mind uh, when he worked Mm. that in. Um, It says, get real, man, they're real. Now we have to be quiet. My wicked buddy Samson is face first because he maxed out on my soybean meringue. Um, So we know Dewey has some friends. One of them is named Samson, who is a Wiccan. Um, Now, Wicca or Wiccans are the largest of the modern pagan or neo-pagan religions, and their followers are called Wiccans, typically identify as witches, and they draw inspiration largely from pre-Christian religions of Europe. So there's another religious reference that we we were saying was missing last time. Mm And to me, it right. lines up with Dewey because Wicca is all about nature based worship as well, um, which may explain Dewey's love of the Golden Warren and the forests. It could imply that Dewey is, himself is also Wiccan, um, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah. That is, um, okay, wow.
0: I'll take a break after this one, but uh, sweet fueling <laughs> is is on the surface the act of energizing oneself with whatever foodstuffs are available, mostly apparently at night. Um, but this is the part that kind of, to me, peel back the story in a very Terminator-style way. <laughs> mm. uh, but then I, I rain fire with the fire in my rebel soul machine which I talked about last time, but the second part of that line is also telling. It says, ah, but I wanted the time machine. Mostly you see. And it's like, all right. So this takes us back right into the main conflict. Dewey using his rebel soul machine, but lamenting the fact he mostly just wanted the time machine. So this gives me the one and only singular piece of hope that the story could potentially still like turn out as a win for humanity as there's an actual time machine in play now. And you can have these Terminator hijinks that could potentially go and undo all of this and return humanity to the seat of power in the world, where they could potentially send someone back to key moments prior to the initial invasions. But in order for us to... The irony is, but in order for us to learn the details, we, and then presumably Cascade, we have to let all the events play out and allow humanity to die in order for us to learn... Deeper truths about how we got taken over in the first place. Um, so, as per the album intro, the first invasion was subtle. Even if we went back, if we didn't know how the first invasion took place, we still won't be able to prevent the current hellscape. That part of the invasion could have taken, you know, decades, hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years before everything actually kicked into overdrive. So, to me, <laughs> to me, it opened, it unlocked this whole time machine aspect which i think could be worked in somehow as a potential optimistic ending um,
3: what, what is the time machine line again Can I ask you to
0: it's uh, so it's right after he says but i rain fire with the fire in my rebel soul machine mm-hmm. and then he kind of just offhand goes oh but i wanted the time machine mostly you see um and then that gets referenced again with um with time being referenced again later on, but yeah, to me it it opened not, up that kind of story to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I, I've been being, being the, the pessimist I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, in terms of if something bad happens, you make a bad call. Mm. As as people everyday lives, we would say, "Oh man, I wish we had a time machine." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, do you not think it was just like? Wishful thinking, or do yeah, you, you think that that yeah. Im- introduces. I mean, everything else, I guess, is in theory that would be like everyone, the very few instances where something has been referenced that is in theory, yeah, we believe as such, isn't it? Because everything else seems to have it's the, everything else is so on the war. nose.
0: It's like if you've got yeah. inter- interdimensional fucking doppelganger demons, <laughs> you know, like why not? Yeah, it's still time a time machine, sh- you're right, yeah, time at this point, <laughs> like it. That's why I kind of I'm running with it. If I see it, I'm running with it as a potential story point. Yeah, no, fair enough. Does tend to flesh things out and and open up more um possibilities. But yeah, it could actually be that. Like it could just be you know um, the whim of someone who's just kind of lamenting the fact we don't have one. I wish I had one to actually change this, mm. but I can't. I can't. That I'm absolutely open to that being an option too. Because even that's like pretty fucking heavy, um, heavy stuff. Heavy, there's that word again. Heavy, heavy. <laughs> heavy.
3: <laughs> That's, oh, wow. So th- so in theory, it, 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 you know, following that through, if if obviously man has been de- uh, destroyed, if we've, we've lost the battle, so to speak, mm. then either they've already gone back in time or it's for Cascade
2: mm.
3: to tap into that technology. And
0: yeah yeah
3: make it happen for everyone but yes. you know cascade as a detective isn't particularly well <laughs> <a fan. laughs> like, he is that's yeah. actually a completely untrue statement isn't it because this is a story he's unpacking yeah. oh forget what i just said absolutely yeah <laughs> that's
0: yeah. and it kind yeah. have like a bit of a like a dark wally kind of vibe you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. could you could pull it off but yeah i like where you go with it absolutely yeah. Um, So he'd actually be like AI would actually end up being our salvation. We were like, that's the greatest thing we would have ever done was to create that as our swan song and to keep the, the light of humanity kind of burning even once we're gone. And then somehow that being the impetus on how to actually bring us back um,
3: but that 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 is that is the ultimate AI dream, isn't it? To create something that would a lament us, mm. which is you know seemingly impossible, but to mm. actually lament us, then try and piece together uh, and and uh, our past and ultimately be our salvation. And every aspect of AI, from as we we referenced Terminator to to gosh countless visions of mm. uh, sci-fi future, it's AI has been the demise. It has been what what's turned against us ultron uh from marvel you know every, yeah. every aspect of 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 of, uh, of an all thinking an all knowledgeable uh, uh, uh functioning system to help us with our lives is ultimately turned on us because we're the problem so this is a great kind of take on something that again a misses us to yeah. the point of of trying to actually be our savior as well amazing
0: and it's it's fresh it's a fresh spin on that too in, in the sense that it's not just treating humanity as like a dumpster fire, like yes, we ended, but it's not like we didn't still have an overwhelming number of good people and goodness yeah. in the world and things that were happening that were not so bad um so it's it's good that the sentiment is that yeah we are worth still maintaining we are worth yeah kicking on, and we have to do whatever it takes to to do that. And We're that, not demonized
3: yeah. in this version, are we? No, no,
0: not really. No, we we are actually put upon from above, um, uh, or and below. I guess like there's no above or below in this. It's kind of just mm. there is. There's a within, and then there's the above. It's from from everywhere. We're just set upon, um, collectively. So it's like, you know, anything that we do post that that seems sketchy. Like these characters were covering like Axe Assassin, it's like you can forgive it because you're so far flung into this fucking hellscape that it's like mm. you could be a lot worse, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, we are definitely. It's it's good that we're painted in a better light, and that's that's why it's good that Cascade is missing humanity. It's like yeah, you know, if you if we're so bad, we wouldn't have created something as good as Cascade. That's yeah. like the the monument to it right there. Mm. Um amazing. But yeah, you, that that could expound on the story quite heavily. Um where we at Dewey mentions Barbara Dan who has soup can eyes. He reasons that Dan is a good person, that the eye thing is really just him. Um and he's just trying to be nice about it. And like like I said, Dewey is painted as the most morally sound and, and nicest in the habitat. And he's also heard later thanking the chorus singers for singing with him, right, in the song. (laughs) He's like, I really appreciate y'all singing. It's better than a really great sex scene, (laughs) sex scene, sex scene. Interestingly, in the song, there are two references to humans with some kind of bodily mutation. Um, he starts off by saying, "We can find some former friends, bring them back upstairs, show them Brian's peach apron, and then have time for food after midnight." Now I'm really sweet feeling. So he's referencing Peach's man in that in that se- section, who's most likely right. named Brian. Now, so Brian's peach apron. Um, and then he says, "I'm I'm not pleased to see the Henson boy mutated," right? <laughs> The Henson boy is mutated. It's like, what the fuck? Uh, Now, sweet boom, boom, he's confused. And in the chorus, it says, what's happening to me? You can hear it whispering in the back. And then he says, he's got big spider feet and this was so scary. Right? So the Henson boy has somehow grown big spider feet, which is um, (laughs) another mutation uh, or mutated member of the habitat. Uh, I think, no doubt, suffering from like poisoning from the surface of the earth and radiation like they kind of mentioned in the theme song it's a, it's like a poison mm. radiated environment and some of them are undergoing these kind of turtle mutations mm. uh even the way he says like i don't know if you noticed when he says the spider feet line he, he develops a lisp <laughs> he says he's got big spider feet and this was so scary he says oh, it like wow. that or, yeah yeah it took me a couple of guys to like being like, am I hearing this in my head or? Nah, he did it on purpose. If you listen to it again, and just go, this was so scary. It like sounded really like goofy. Um, and then he says, it's a stormy night. Come squeeze your children nice and tight and yet not too tight. See, even there he's like concerned about the level of tightness of you, like um, the, of you hugging your kids. He's like a very caring kind of guy. Mm. Um, because the fact is, bones and flesh are rigged up inside of us all. We defied the Capricorn. So the bo- bones and flesh being rigged up inside of us all speaks to there perhaps being a division currently in the habitat between polyborgs, which Dewey accuses, accuses Axe Assassin of being, which is you know made up of human and other things, and then true flesh and blood humans. There's also a scene between Axe Assassin and Maria where she defends herself and says, I'm not a data girl to which Axe assassin responds, we're all data inside. All right. Right. Um, so those are probably the heaviest lines in terms of, yeah, there's probably a mix. Some are not fully human. Some are augmented. Um, Yeah, lots of references to your insides. Uh, for Dewey, it's bones and flesh. He seems like a very naturalistic kind of guy. He might be 100% human. Um. And then once again, the Capricorn rears its head, and I'm starting to think at this point this is part of the invasion forces armada, which the survivors somehow eluded, and even crashed down to Earth as per the lines in Bokbok. And in the last and shortest scene, Eliza asks Axe Assassin whether he likes er or wow better. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you like er <laughs> <laughs> so yeah sweet fueling has got quite a it's quite lore heavy as well so what right, do you think of this yeah. sweet fueling at, at this point what's what's your thoughts there yeah
3: or, i mean gosh that um uh, again me your you take on
0: capricorn as well what do you think what's going on there with the capricorn well
3: i know i that was that was a um yeah that was a an element that had yeah completely passed me by until you've kind of brought really kind of yeah really intriguing sort of layer to to what that could mean but i i don't know i find it hard to sort of supersede anything that you may have already drawn from it um it's yeah because they it, it's painted in both lights isn't it in terms of uh, there's obviously a, an authority and power to it but hmm. it's hard to ascertain where th- where it kind of fits within <laughs> our our uh, attempted rescue or demise.
0: No. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I guess because there's, there's, they're in Sector K, but there's m- multiple parts of this habitat. I, I refer to it as the habitat as well yeah. uh, when I started writing about it. So, yeah, there must be different sections that are all in the, in the same timeline, which is not quite out for the count, but on their way towards oblivion um so yeah it's yeah it's interesting interesting dewey dewey's an interesting cat and, mm.
1: i am the one that can think
0: of where the things to draw <laughs> no, one of the lines i left out dude is and i am the one like a pokey like a boyfriend in a hole, <laughs> <laughs> i'm sweet
1: fueling beside your marketing class <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's, a bit, there's a bit that i left out because i was like i don't think there's any relevance or it probably is but i don't want to get too deep with marketing class
3: um, Right. wow okay
0: yeah uh got mm. only a bit more left we're actually almost done so four and five are pretty quick mm. um okay segment four this video starts with axe assassin with his wife and sister-in-law in the ballroom Ax assassin has a conversation with Eliza, which takes up almost the entire scene. He quotes a movie he saw once, then hears a scream. Then he says that he placed his 43 stuffed animals perfectly with the clown. (laughs) Then he begins to stop thinking straight and then just starts dancing with Eliza. Now, in terms of what we discussed last time with, is there any reference to to religion or God? Mm. This is probably the biggest one or the most obvious one. There's some one-off character named Charles. He's an occult fighter. He spots a mysterious object in the sky, which happens to be a killer rock. Um, Axe assassin tells Lips Wet to say a prayer to one of the highest entities, caffeine. I don't know if you remember that scene. Wow. It's like a 10 second scene.
3: Right. It's
0: like, say a prayer to one of the highest entities, and they all say caffeine together. And right. Wow. That was it. <laughs> um, so, for whatever reason, caffeine's like venerated as a top deity. Um, which all of which implies, I think that there's some form of spiritual worship. It's still a thing. It's just skewed and it's just different. Um, And it also drops a scene about, um, that's actually a pretty huge nugget. It's about a killer rock in the sky, which is the second invasion, right? Um, With the external demonic forces potentially utilizing giant asteroids. This is just my take and flinging them Mm. toward earth to cause like end times, death and destruction on the surface, which kicks off the overall story and humanity's bid to survive underground. That kind of story I've seen play out in in a few other sci-fi stories. Like I don't know if um, you ever watched the expanse. That was a pretty big part of the story.
3: Yeah. I've heard a lot about that. Yeah. That was the thing. Like if you can
0: weaponize asteroids and fling them on a, on a flight path towards earth, you're fucking up earth. Um. So, yeah, there's a quick throwaway scene which has a little bit in there
3: well, that would imply though if that's what's happened, that would imply that that had happened before if we take mm. if we take our history we've we've say uh, well, I've mentioned dinosaurs in the last episode as well, but mm. in terms of if if that contributes to the extinction of the dinosaurs, then are we to assume that? This is the second, in theory, second that we know of, Mm. uh, extension level event caused by this same group.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's, I mean, targeted usage of that is so fucking like scary to even think about. Mm. But then there's like other schools of thought where at least some of the researchers online I've been following have been trying to date the recurring reset moments Especially the ones that are very similar in terms of asteroids hitting the surface of the Earth or just things impacting with the Earth and causing massive upheaval. Um, you'd probably do well to look into something called the Phoenix Event, which is what just an overall name they've given this recurring similar event that seems to happen every so often in our history. Some researchers have like pinpointed the dates. They can say with some accuracy, this is when they all happened. They are all like um, unreasonably spaced by the same time periods. So I think something something like 138 years. I can't remember the exact amount. So this is what the yeah. theory is postulating. It's like every 138 years, this thing, whatever it is, it's some kind of planetary body. It makes a low pass over Earth at different parts of the Earth at very low orbits and skims the top of the earth and starts raining down chunks of itself on the earth and then causes these mass upheavals and calamities that resets entire civilizations, sends us underground until we can then rise up and inhabit the surface, whatever that looks like, you know, Mm. post-apocalypse. So even if it's not on purpose, there seems to be like a timing to this kind of stuff. Like a lot of the ancient calendars are, are synced to these events. Like the Mayan long count calendar is synced to these events, which actually wasn't supposed to end in 2012, but 2040 or some shit. So there's actually a lot of information about these things that happened to the to the earth repeatedly, almost on a cycle. They can't explain it, but it would be like, you know, if it was like a, some kind of targeted thing or it's just like, the mechanical nature of our universe, this is like hard-coded into what happens. This is just part of it for whatever reason. I think either either way, it's like, well, you can't avoid it. Um, it's coming. Something will come at some point. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it gets, it gets really weird, man. <laughs> it gets <laughs> weirder and weirder um, <laughs> the more you go digging. But uh, this is what this whole premise of this whole thing is i think designed for it's, it's designed to get you thinking a little bit more and digging underneath the surface of your own the walls of your own mind and be like well what's actually possible you know yeah um, i need a sip of my black goop.
3: <laughs>
0: pepsi is my black goop. I'm serious. I was
3: going to say, it, well, it's the caffeine. You are bowing yeah. down to the, higher, the yeah. higher deity that is caffeine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even though I gave up coffee like fucking 20 years ago, this stuff still gets some caffeine out of this. So it's like it's still <laughs> getting from there, from tea. You know. Caffeine. Um, Where are we at? So, okay, Killer Rocks. We, we did that. Yeah. Now we go on to... Uh, Axe Assassin, where he, he sings the song Nuts. Um, he starts off by going, I'm like, oh, hey there, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like, that's how he starts the song. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, he says something interesting in the beginning where he says, I heard your parrot's a dove. If I get cranky, it's like for months. Hey, Miss Texas, right now. Um, see so he says, Are you a spy? Because, like, that would be nuts. So he's starting to question if his wife Eliza is a doppelganger as well. I think in that little bit, right. Um, he's a lumberjack of fear 93 times a year, implying he cuts down fear. And this is a service he provides the residents of Bleaker Town. So, despite, despite his high strung nature, he does seem to maintain a rep for protecting the habitat when necessary and is always on alert. Um, when there's doppelgangers around. Um, the concept of nuts, it's like we start to wonder what kind of nuts are they talking about. <laughs> more exactly what kind of nuts are they talking about in this song? It's called nuts.
1: <laughs> They're talking about the kind of nuts, hey, the kind of nuts you got in
0: between your balls. Hey. Um <laughs> or more than nuts, you crack with a nutcracker. you roast them over an open fire. You know. <laughs> Um, Or is it like, to me, it's the kind of like nuts and bolts type of nuts as well that hold machinery together. Um, Once Angelica's part comes in, nuts can be replaced with killer rock that was briefly ID'd in the previous scenes. Mm. She mentions the stone creatures, they warn you that we have no power over time. So the stone creatures are a warning. Perhaps the beings themselves turned to stone as a result of trying to mess with time via the time machine that was mentioned by Dewey. There's some kind of fucking major consequence uh, to it, if you fuck it up. Um, She laments the fact that love is lost to the tides and that we bruised our wings on the imaginable, again implying at least an attempt to fix what was broken um, through some time-travelling shenanigans which may be ultimately fail resulting in humanity singing guilt songs. She then ends with a reference to twin nuts on high twin nuts in the sky. Um, to me, that's a reference to, again, this concept of weaponized asteroids and space debris. That sounds like it's being launched at earth. Twin nuts on high twin nuts in the sky. sounds like some pretty foreboding imagery to me. Like, um, even though if this says the word nuts or not. It's, uh <laughs> yeah, it's implying some of the similar shit. Um, that's amazing. Wow. Do you think that, that kind of more solidifies the time machine angle a little bit with, with her part? Oh of that wow. Point?
3: Yes. Um, God, yeah. Wow. I almost forgot that the, the time machine part. Yeah.
0: You have no power at um... time.
3: Oh shit. Yeah. That's, oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> Kind of um, piecing all this together. I don't know how you've done it. Amazing.
0: We're almost there. Yeah, almost. I won't listen there.
3: to the whole thing again. Or, uh yeah, later yeah. Tonight, I think. Yeah, same. All the
0: way. What do you think? I do. Every t- I record my own version of this. <laughs> I, as soon as we're done, I go back and I listen over it because I, I, even with two hours, it's not enough for me to get out what I'm trying yeah. to say. But we're gonna. We're almost done, and I'll. Uh, we'll. We'll have enough time to discuss some of the other stuff. Um. Blah blah blah. Let me do it, in run. Uh, bu- 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 okay, here we go. Uh, uh, so, Governor Corbyn, he leaves Bleakertown to go find the Peruvian Oak. Um, that's what he says, I got to leave to go find the Peruvian Oak. This is never really explained in terms of what purpose it serves, but it's most likely in relation to Corbyn either trying some last ditch effort to save themselves or to save himself alone. He's not really painted as a particularly harsh governor, so his motivations can go either way, I think, in the overall story. Peruvian oak could be some kind of MacGuffin device that they might use to try and do something. I don't know. There's there's no real other context to it. Axe Assassin tells Lip Sweat uh, that he began his slip card removal at the Steel Maiden's device harness, then Lipsweat tells Axe Assassin the latter has cancer, which, according to Axe Assassin, is worse than if Lipsweat Lip had cancer. think can they remember that exchange. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. a stinker pain scene with Governor Corbin. This makes. Fantastic. It- <laughs> yes, you love that. I
3: love that. This, this scene so actually good.
0: makes the least sense, uh, but. To me, it's like something very re- ritualistic about it and weird in terms right. of like if you watch the crowd reactions, you yes. know, they've got the open mouth reactions and yeah. they're all just going, oh, ah! yeah. making this like real fucked up noise. And it's all got this air of dread and sadness, despite it being like the goofiest fucking part of the whole <laughs> the whole segments. Um, yeah, so that was most of that
3: that's like the last stand to me that's the point where almost you've accepted defeat and that there's nowhere else to go with it it's 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 hilarious but it's also kind of weirdly sad Mm. in the fact that everyone around him is just watching him almost feebly perform it because when you Mm. think about it every other performance in in each episode is still brilliant it's still sung beautifully it's still performed great but this is almost a bit feeble in the way he does it. And it's kind of makes it the saddest part of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I I just never want to laugh during that, that portion. It's something really uncomfortable with other. I
3: used to, I I thought it was (laughs) hilarious. The first, I just thought, Oh, this is so much fun, but it's one of those things, the more, I think it's probably the crowd that do it. The fact that it's this vacant staring and, and like I said, his, he's singing it badly. Mm. and it's just almost like the i don't know the, the the curtains come down so to speak and it's just like I, there's nothing left there's no there's nothing to hide behind there's no yeah uh, platform in front of me there's no that's the most else.
0: emotional he's been as well he's like he looks like he's very yeah. like stripped bare and then the reactions yeah. he's getting are almost like automaton reactions which again could speak to like are these people yeah. fully all the way human they're not really reacting right so you'd expect um but just before I, because that kind of finishes off segment four, but I did actually miss Rock Rock Broke Their box Box. So let me just get through that real quick, because mm. that's very, very important. Um, and this was actually in segment two, which occurs uh, after Sassafras. Um,. Yep. So we got Dewey arrives and meets Axe Assassin. He offers to take him to the trench and have him paint a picture of him wearing glasses. Axe Assassin proceeds to tell Dewey a clever and crude joke and says, schlong class, schponk, Sport. Remember that scene? Yeah, um, yeah. Dewey then says, Dob Matson is an imposter. Some character named Dob Matson. He identifies him as an imposter and possibly a doppelganger. Then the Peaches Man arrives, gives Axe Assassin a hand motion, and they both leave. Eliza then says to Axe Assassin that their lemur has provoked some elves. It's first mention of elves. Next, they go over to hear their friend Lip Sweat sing a song called Rock, Rock, Broke, Their Bock Bok um, The opening line of which is, let the cat go, baby shrimp, I'm a pepperoni. Now, to me, the opening... <laughs> the opening... <laughs> yes, seriously, <laughs> I said that like I'm hosting a fucking university course. <laughs> now, open a page 34... We're going to analyze the opening lyrics, let the cat go, baby shrimp, I'm a pepperoni. What do you think the uh, author is trying to say? <laughs> to me, it's, this again infers some kind of mutation, right? Where a baby shrimp is now somehow able to overpower a cat <laughs> and the human singing is a pepperoni and that's like maybe a fucked up way of describing a mutated human who's had some kind of radiation poisoning, a pepperoni. Um, Every night by the light of the chemical fire, there's a fight to decide who will die in the chemical fire. Then through the din of a Capricorn warship, the sound of 40 owls pecking a rock. If you just say that as spoken word, it sounds fucking dark. Um this is the full album version again, which none of this is included in the segment video. It's cut too short. But things are so bad in Bleaker Town that they try to stay warm via chemical fire while also enacting some strange ritual about who gets to die in the said chemical fire. I don't know if it's some kind of weird sacrificial thing or if they're like drawing straws to see who will be on the surface to perhaps act as a lookout and keep watch and then eventually sacrifice themselves uh, in the in the process. Um, is the Capricorn warship mentioned as as a warship Uh, Dewey only mentions it as the Capricorn but here um, Lip Sweat calls it the Capricorn warship Uh, there's there's wreckage of it I think which is what the wreckage is it's of the Capricorn warship he talks about where the wreckage washed ashore there's a nav tube sticking out like a thumb would do if it was sore and then it's a previously mentioned artifact that's crashed to earth Um, We see an image of it in the closing credits of segment two. There's an animated picture of it. Uh, Then he says, near the windmills of Lemur Lake, there's a statue so real that everybody thought it was fake. But it is. (laughs) So unsure of who or what the statue is, but it sounds like the ground and soil are poison and so chemical laden that perhaps some real beings got turned into stone and now they reside there as a statue. Again, maybe a reference to what Angelica was talking about with the stone creatures, uh, a bit of a sort of connection. Uh, Every day when we wake to the sound of the sirens, there's a race, leave in haste. Populists must leave the environmentally challenging departure. Then I hear the sound of owls pecking a rock. So we again come back to why the owl's pecking rocks. I think it's high anxiety or just nervous reaction to everything happening, all the bullshit happening around right. them. Everything's being mm. obliterated. Lip sweat sings of wartime activities like air raid sirens sounding another wave of attacks. Maybe they're on the surface trying to find scraps of anything that might help them and they got to retreat back to the underground sanctuary and sector decay whenever the, another attack comes. The last couple of lines are fucking intense. Um, he says, when the bees all went away, then so did our chances of getting to live a lot of days. And isn't it just that been like the narrative in the last couple of well, last decade in real life? If the bees disappear, nice. so will our biosphere and our food. So if they're dying out, it's usually a pretty bad sign that humanity's not going to have long mm. if the bees are gone. Um, and he ends by saying, It's darkest just before the dawn. We gather on Skeleton Mountain and sing along. I lift my voice and I say, I so like this song. So, despite the darkness of the content, like, there's this optimism at the very end where it's like, I so like this song. And to me, it's like the song of life. I like the song of life, despite how fucked it is. (laughs) The fact that we have life and you get to live it, that's, you know, epic enough. And he's still going to celebrate that. Um, Finding optimism in the face of certain darkness and defeat. And then Gathering on Skeleton Mountain is probably where all the other skull references belong um, as well. Um, And the final clip, I guess, features Axe Assassins squaring off with Bleaker Bud in the comedy contest. Uh, Right. Governor Corbin is the judge, immediately criticizes Bleaker's dialogue and calls it horse puss. And then Axe Assassin rants about how centaurs are ancient beings, except for his neighbor Josh, who knew a guy carrying a satchel with an electric baton in it. It goes on a like a random rant, but centaurs are mentioned mm-hmm. again. Um so Rock Rock broke the block block. Quick thoughts on that one before I finish off with uh, segment
3: five <sighs> Yeah, I, I guess i mean in many ways you've beautifully surmised it it's almost like that's the end of it really isn't it i think that really poignant conclusion of i lift my voice i if...
1: say i so love this song <laughs>
3: yeah. that yeah it's that the the perspective of the the bleak end but hey it was a great ride <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just yeah. to have the opportunity was was all we could have hoped for. It's, it, I, I mean, I don't know if you've drawn a more poignant conclusion for the end of number five, but I mean that is it's a weird gut punch to be honest. And yeah, I mean this is this is the <laughs> the one where the the mother is, meop, 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 right? yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. Is the, and it's, uh, I mean, yeah,
0: the gut punch. I've said the the actual gut punch for last, so. Yeah, oh that, my gosh that's okay, a pretty gut punch that's a pretty gut punch okay. gut punch
3: um yeah no a bu- uh, beautifully surmised as as it's all been up to now um again that's a complete honesty. i would kind of um i enjoyed the song i think i highlighted that as as a song i sort of enjoyed uh, in our last conversation but mm. there's a that's a whole new
0: it's so jaunty as well if you listen to the full album version um, it's such yes, a jaunty exactly, yeah. lovely song but the lyrics get dark and then it's like
3: oh
0: kind of optimistic right at the end Mm -hmm. like yeah that's humanity i guess that's a good summation um and we come to segment five my friend and uh hopefully you will have gotten something out of this (laughs) i really hope you did i really hope you you go back and listen to this and watch it again with new eyes that's the best thing to do yes
3: i absolutely will yeah um
0: So, Segment 5 is almost, it's completely just one song, which was Elven Body Glove, which is the second reference to Elves. Who are the Elves? They're mentioned only twice, once by Eliza in the Bok Bok song, as one of their lemurs was messing with them. Um, This is the King George character. He makes multiple Mm -hmm. references to food, uh, bacon, beans, quail, and chicken. He sounds like he's the last remaining monarch in this hellscape. So it's like taking advantage of all kinds of remaining objects and food to maintain his like mm. privilege. So to me, an elven body glove sounds like a freaky and expensive outfit. Only the obscenely rich would commission and then right. wear <laughs> and fetch me my elven body glove. You know what I mean? Like who the fuck? Yeah. Um, the line in the chorus, uh, near the chorus where it says, Chica got to cha-cha. Uh, is a reference, I think, to Maria, the doppelganger in the red dress, uh, where sh- uh, Axe Assassin asks, "Are you really asking me to scoot the cha-cha?" And apparently, engaging in this dance apparently has negative implications, and that's how the doppelganger revealed herself to be so dominant. Towards it's like a method they use to covertly take over humanity on the ground level. I don't know. Mm. Um, it's aided in by my confusion in that particular scene where it sounds like she's saying, and now you will die and you don't hear her finish the word. So it's either going to say die or dance to me. Right. So something, something happening there. Um, King George then mentions where we've taken all the coffins to where there's little light in the way combine flower wine and jambalaya whiskey and i hum a song to me it speaks of removing scores of dead bodies maybe they need to be moved underground and away from the light to make sure any humans that were compromised stay dead i don't know it could be some vampiric elements here he very quickly laments his daddy being a childhood deception um i'm starting to think this guy is like one of the almost like a chief villain despite his human appearance Mm. To me, the ultimate doppelganger invasion would be of the elite class. Right. Um, He opines the loss of his many drumsticks, some of which have names. (laughs) Um, He mentions he sees many feisty leaflets wilt on the wall. To me, a feisty leaflet very simply would be like literature printed and dispersed by like a resistance movement or something like that. Uh, he says, A foregone life and foregone brains, I know how to laugh at little bunny's jolly cage, and yet why is it so dull in the land of beige? He's laughing at the futility of it all. After being in a position of power to laugh at all the little bunnies' jolly cages, he now finds himself in one as well. And I can see him actually selling out the human race to work with the invaders. Wow. And this song is like a lamentation of that, right? The emulsion line could very well speak to his non-human self. Uh, so I looked up emulsion, which means a fine dispersion of minute droplets of one liquid in another in which it is not soluble. So I think like oil in water kind of deal. So mm. he doesn't sweat like normal people, which means he's, n- he's not a normal person. Um, I think he's a doppelganger. Whatever the scenario, he's a, he seems to be a nasty piece of work who I think personally yeah. helped facilitate the downfall, probably from before oh, wow. Yeah, probably from before the first invasion took place. Or he might have been a doppelganger this whole time. Lots of conspiracy theories uh are out there about royal elite bloodlines being mixed with foreign sort of species and races we're not privy to um if you go down certain rabbit holes. Uh the chorus speaks of maybe his origin human self being owned by one of the invaders. Um he talks about his pool cue being bent after engaging in the cha It's him retelling maybe how he got corrupted, how he eventually helped humanity fall. Toward the end, he loses his grip on reality and ra- rants about it being candy day. It's, it's k- k- candy day, whatever. <laughs> and he's like truly losing his mind and his own self. That's what I got out of a really proper look at Alvin Body Glove. To finish off, we have what's called The Reprise which is the theme song again, but which finishes with a very haunting short acoustic version that plays at the very end. But the lyrics are where it's at. The reprise talks uh, specifically. It says, Down to the underground lockdown city, far away from radiation rays. Feel it in my shoulders. I'm growing older by the day. They say the sky wasn't always this gray. It's the story and the glory of a monumental population taught that nothing could destroy it. But if we're breathing, then we never can avoid it. It's being human. Um, I've never been this kind of restless at the mercy of so many guesses. Oh, how beautiful the human race is. Never knew how much I'd miss their faces. Now, this this acoustic part starts and it's literally four lines. This is what ends the whole album and the whole experience for me, um, is that acoustic breakdown towards the very end, where the the only lines are, Is it the end or the beginning? Have we lost or are we winning? I'm alive and I'm a soul, the only thing I know. That's me. That's like the most heartbreaking fucking part of it. Like that small minute to two minutes of that acoustic portion, Mm. it's like the sad summation of the entirety of the human experience in the story and of our own. And it fucking just leaves me with chills, man chills and like a dark sense of foreboding that the worst is still yet to come like in our real world and that the Axis yeah. to story like you mentioned in part one of this discussion it's humanity's dying light or our swan song signifying that our time on the stage is done our song is over will never be heard the same way again if at all all that in like one and a half to two minutes of just an acoustic ditty is so simple so stripped back And I think to me it covers almost everything we've touched on. Is it the end or the beginning? um, Someone's messing with time. There's got to be some timeline manipulation happening there. Have we lost or are we winning? That's at least implying we're not completely out of the fight. Maybe. I'm alive and I'm a soul. That's the only thing I know. And we were talking about knowledge last time, yeah? Like what do we know Mm. versus what we don't know. Can we know that at least we're alive and that we're a soul, whatever that might mean. Like, what does that mean to you? Are you alive and are you a soul?
3: So, but who do you attribute those words to?
0: Yeah, like who's singing it, you mean? Like in, yeah. in terms of the story context? Mm. That's yeah. a really good question because I think that's like the most stripped back and naked that BLR has actually sounded in mm. just that little bit. Um. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know who would be singing it, unless it's, it wouldn't be Cascade. It could be Cascade. Could it not be? It is, though, because it's the theme. The theme is part of the whole thing. It is Cascade. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's it's beautiful. You're right. I mean, I, I, I suppose that however you look at our demise or our planet's demise, I think there's a poignancy in it being at of our own hand mm. you know And i think in terms of being afforded every freedom um and squandering it to the point where we decimate our planet and uh we tear each other apart through war uh and you know global uh just oh, <laughs> pollution demise etc and, and i think it coming to an end um, i just make another Marvel reference there uh, at the end of Ultron. Mm. There is that really beautiful exchange between Ultron and um, uh, Vision when it's, it's sort of when, when I would, when you sort of dissect, when you started to dissect um, Axe Assassin uh, in this context, I've I, from our last conversation, I had that exchange in my head where um, Ultron says to Vision, you know, they're doomed. And Vision says, yeah, Mm. like it's they're both sides of of say the same coin they have different motivations, mm. but they both come one hundred percent acknowledge that they've been, they've been given every freedom and they've they've it's over they've they, you know it was not yet over but it it, it will be. be yeah and and um, the fact that it comes of our own hand, but obviously i that necessarily isn't necessarily the case here so the what makes this sad that our story has ended in that it's was robbed. As opposed to it being uh, of our own hand and we can lament other the things that we should have done uh, from a, a, a political stance, from a, a, an environmental stance, but having it taken, um, you know, from, from us in that <laughs> yeah. capacity is... Is makes it sadder as opposed to poignant, doesn't it?
0: Very good point. It's like you've taken the ability for us to end our own story, even if it's completely yeah. fucked and tragic, and we're idiots for doing it. Um, yeah. It's still our story, and we have a right to end it our way. <laughs> Maybe it's yes. just like some stubborn part of humanity where it's like we need that as well, even though it's to our detriment, mm. our ultimate demise. Um, at least it's ours and not something that's happened to us externally and mm. that we have no real control over. That's the real fear of any individual, really. It's just the yeah, loss of hard, yeah. autonomous control of your own self and what does that even mean? Like if we're in such a structured universe, not necessarily nature. Nature's not as uniform as I think other things are in, in our biosphere, yeah. really, if you go looking. But there is a stunning sort of regularity and, and – function to everything and everything when whittled down is uh it just seems almost mechanical in nature. <laughs> um, yes.
3: I yeah. mean in nature by it by its context, by its design, nature is cruel. You know, or mm. certainly with our perspective in that for that um for you know uh we can watch a wildlife show and say, gosh, I hope that baby deer is going to survive but <laughs> then for the baby deer to survive it means the lions don't you know so it's mm. that's the design that's just the way it is it it, it, it is cruel because someone has to it has to go but when you look at it in terms of i suppose at the conclusion of this story you know like say war of the worlds you know that was designed about uh, aliens looking for a new home and that's why they came here to eradicate us in you know in a way that they have to survive we you know we had to die for them to live but i suppose with axe assassin we're left with the planet being inhabited by cascade only Mm. so what was the purpose of our demise in this story because they don't seem to want to occupy
2: Mm -hmm. uh, the
3: planet for themselves we seem to have died been eradicated for sport for spite for what was what was the purpose of it because it doesn't seem to be anyone here Cascade is completely alone and solitary in this space. So we seem to have died again for nothing, which again makes it poignant again about, you know, mm. it's, yeah. Just what was the point of it? <laughs> not no, not from a, not from a creative perspective, but in terms of what is yeah, the point of death?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's an interesting point about um, why that sort of the why nature exists, the way it does with with that uh, kill-or-be-killed sort of fight-or-flight yeah. mentality. To me, that's just a symptom of an already broken or fallen world. Like, if the world mm. was the way it should be, there'd be abundance for every living yeah. thing, which means um, you wouldn't have to hunt. Uh, uh, so there are scenarios where they've discussed this, where it's like if, if we had that perfect uh, Goldilocks period of Earth where we were very uh, lush everything was in abundance fruit vegetables any kind of food you can want Mm. there's less of this i have to kill this other animal to survive instinct or mentality you wouldn't need it and it's in certain environments it would just not exist you wouldn't need to have that because everything's provided for you everything that each individual organism needs is there plus a thousand um then why would you need to have a kill or be killed environment? Maybe just wouldn't be there. So to me, it's like if that was the case and we already have that in existence in our world, to me, we're in a fractured world as far as I can tell. Like I've said that multiple times. I think Lord of the Rings really brought that home when you watch those films and they're wandering Mm -hmm. around a um, relic-strewn beautiful earth, but it's obviously been scarred by multiple different Mm. events and that's kind of i feel like we live in that kind of world and it's not it's not really where it should be so um yeah maybe there's reasons why we have those kind of dynamics because we have fallen and we haven't quite gotten up um since the last time whatever that was Mm.
2: um
0: you got any time to fill uh squeeze in anything about ai <laughs> kind of fucking I, I
3: don't i AI i i AI. I, I, I have three? a class i have to run out part three absolutely man have i have think that this proper is...
0: discussion that we we should be having i think about how it's yeah to what yeah definitely
3: but i i i think well even just the, the bonus stuff that we've talked about i i I, th- I yeah i it's 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 worked it's been a part of it i think it's as you know yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this kind of series <laughs> in of itself. I mean uh I obviously appreciate your your time, your your perspective, your knowledge. You know, it's just this really made these a, a thrill. i um kind of debating whether I should you no, know, I should stop. I've got because I have a question. Yeah <laughs> I could that would kick start I guess the next one, but we can finish you know, off with I, the we can finish
0: good. off with a few other extra All five right, minutes. Well,
3: I suppose I think it's actually had a beautiful end uh, in terms of what we've done already, but I'll, I'll, I'll see if there's any sort of life in this. But uh, the, I suppose that the, we, we kind of made the distinction about AI in, in vast majorities of our um uh in 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 vast sort of perspectives and visions of our future contributing to our ultimate downfall Mm. Uh, and we've sort of made the distinction that here that's not actually the case we we seem to have got ai right uh in this instance but like what is your when we where you kind of look at where ai fits into our world currently you know, uh mm. do do you foresee uh it being um I mean it's it's already proving to be an invaluable asset in many, many ways. But do you think we're spiralling towards kind of yeah, this is kickstart our next thing to be honest, but do you think we're mm. spiraling towards uh a thing where that where AI fits in side by side kind of with with us in terms of a a shared maybe even just a look at it from an artistic vision Hmm. uh to see where we fit in or do you think ultimately (laughs) terminator is of our future (laughs) invariable future
0: i think there's a there's a fair amount of just fear mongering that comes from hollywood with this shit that's been going on for quite Mm. a while that you have to sort of uh, pass through in your in your mind and take into consideration that these are very heightened depictions of scenarios that are kind of still way 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 off. Like we're nowhere near yeah. AI being even at even that infinitesimally close to a Skynet that that it's going to fucking do anything like that. There's no mm. no way no function for it to do that at the moment. But it's entirely possible that um, all these uh, sort of systems they've developed, some have already been released. Um, online so they could propagate without you know being sort of cordoned off in one section Um, you could easily release an AI and and let it proliferate and learn online and to me I saw some pretty interesting shit uh, which we'll get into at the next discussion I mentioned my mate um, who I'm in a band with had early access to the very early versions of um, not chat GPT it was just called GPT yeah yeah version one version two version three Uh, This was over the last six or seven years. So this is going back almost six or seven years where we were discussing things directly with this AI and it was spitting out shit that we could not find source materials for. Um, So we were very impressed with its ability to extrapolate any information and come up with something that on the surface looks wholly original. But there's also a whole lot of tweaking and fine-tuning that, that it takes to get to that level, and there's just a whole lot of information that it just gets wrong, or it's just completely ridiculous, or you know, um, man, yeah, you're right. This does open a lot of uh, different discussions, yeah, but there's one like, final point. The, the point oh, was, go ahead, go ahead. so the point was, in terms of is it going to be something ultimately positive for humanity at the end of the day? I mm. think um, I'm not really fearful of it. Um, I welcome it. Uh, in its many uses, it's definitely going to assist us in many, many amazing ways. Uh, But it's also incredibly scary because with all these voice uh, mashups you're hearing that are more and more online in terms of dead artists, they've mapped their voices and they're convincingly singing modern songs. (laughs) And it's like that's what Hollywood's striking about uh, at the moment as well, Uh, scanning actors' faces and using them in perpetuity after they're dead and not paying them a cent using their the entire likeness um you know well,
3: James L. Jones he signed he's legally given Disney all rights to <laughs> his voice for for Vader for Darth Vader yeah imagine. so his family will be paid in like following his death and everything but he's actually signed it all over he's allowed yeah. them to create Vader uh for the next well, however long they want 200 that's, 120 years that's or whatever what I'm saying don't blame the studios
0: for like offering it like they're trying to make money anyway mm. they can they want to use the new tech you know if the individuals are okay doing that they have their reasons more power to you some might have moral you know objection to it as well that has nothing to do with money um i think whatever you're comfortable with you know a gun isn't really dangerous Mm. depending on how you fucking use it if you just leave it lying there it's completely harmless right so Mm. it's whatever's out there it's how you it's how you wield it and i think ai when wielded correctly um will be a boon to humanity absolutely absolutely
3: yeah there was um of my final point if i may they mm. i caught the tail end of a bbc uh news conversation about ai uh and there's lots of chunks of this i've missing and i really should do um try and find it like a, like a concrete sort of source for it but it was bbc radio too and they were talking about uh ai's prominence in uh just various fields of our of our life and um they talked about the idea, as we said about you know uh ai's ultimately turning on us and um uh you know being you know seeing us as the enemy etc and and while the person said that you know it's fantasy and it's it's a long way away they said there is a more immediate situation that could occur so we have over here i I imagine i don't know if it's named the same thing for you but here it's called hive which is uh on your 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 mobile your cell phone if you're away from your home you can set your central heating at, ha- at home to sort of turn on even though you're not there
0: all oh, right yeah. so
3: so you can do that if you're 20 minutes away and it's winter then you can mm. start to heat your home remotely and they basically pitched the, to this um this expert, this woman who was the guest, they said, could AI ultimately get to a point where it, it it assesses a decision like that, a request like that and says, well, you know, we have global warming and if every household in the world keeps its heating below X temperature, Mm. that will help global warming so they said could an ai ultimately say i'm now not going to heat your home <laughs> beyond this temperature and they said yes that's wholly possible mm. so while terminator skynet etc could be you know eons away the the fact that ai actually isn't that far away from making a decision as sort of simple and logical in theory as just your home heating can you imagine if it actually got to that to a point where it it actually turned on you in that risk that regard and you can't yeah. you can't heat your home you know just because an ai has decided no you you know you you don't need that
0: which uh, is petrifying it depends on the ai is, is it justifying it to say is the ai programmed to defend the earth or to preserve humanity like are you going to you could, oh that's a great the model. ai that's has the point. to has to be like well i could make that harsh decision to to turn off your temp to the well, low combat global warming but if i'm mm. harming your ability to survive then well the earth will have to fucking cop it and you guys are left to actually uh, have the heat
3: um, that's a great point
0: and that depends on what kind of information they've been fed about global warming uh the, depending on the data they're working from um it could be completely skewed in one direction or the other because uh, that's been a highly politicized um topic for the last couple of decades now mm. and there's a lot of uh literature on either side um for it, against it. Um, I'm always somewhere in the middle, you know, usually because things get heightened in political debates. And yeah. I think the AI would need that kind of level of reasoning to make those decisions. But even then, yeah. if it's got some kind of ingrained thing where humanity's going to be second, then it's already fucked. Like humanity has to be top priority, number one. Yeah, that's a great. Because then it could, you can leave it open to making those kind of decisions where it's going to shoot you in the foot. No. Mm. yeah
3: man great point yeah dude you're a genius uh it's always a pleasure to spend time with you i so appreciate your, <laughs> part <three>. your analysis <laughs> part your i'm looking forward to uh, it dude there's so much time, to talk about
0: i'm gonna shut the fuck up for the next one this was purely i had to get all this out like this had to fucking yeah.
3: Well, no, I was going to mm. say, I'll probably just record it by myself the next time. So, uh, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: I still want to sit there and just be like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm." mm-hmm. <laughs> wrong.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, what I'd like, <laughs> what I'm, what I'm going to do certainly for part three is, well, certainly listen to these again, but watch the whole thing again as well with kind of with the new perspective that you've given. So, um, so, yeah, so I, we could obviously have a, just like a, a general and yeah. of of to, just to keep the post uh, going.
0: Postpartum thingy. Yeah. Yes,
3: yeah, and I think that would be worth doing and then we could sort of move on to an AI and art conversation, which I'm, yeah. I think it would, would be a lot of fun.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned into the sounds of MC Supple MC and Supple. DJ Lee, broadcasting oh, live from the Slag we bout to get our geek on and sing a funky little song. Check it. Hey yo, I'm supple, he's leaning. We're on the scene. We be geeking out over all the things that be moving us. Like a show or a film with a lick of bud, we get into the zone. I'm on the microphone, never leaving my rare thoughts alone. Cause in the age of info, I'm the nympho, talking it out through a black window. Casting my part of seeds into the ether With a supple hand and a fist full of beans Don't forget me, the MC lean Fuck around, I pull out your spleen Sometimes we're cool, other times we're mean But baby, either way, we'll break down your scene We're fiendin' like a celebrity drug binge I'm weaning for all of this crapness We got the hats on the latest tracks And the fattest books and the coolest flicks So much art, it'll make the screen Go on, listen to our thing
1: We're rolling deep in the slack heat And we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about uh, To wax about ain't got time to sleep But on the cheap, we'll keep it straight Cause we know what we're talking about It ain't for cloud Cause we're geeking Geeking on the floor tonight you know it's right, just keep geeking, speaking on the matters of the heart, alright? Yeah, you keep it tight Just stay geeking, geeking on the floor tonight yeah. You know it's right Just keep geeking, Speaking on matters of the heart alright
0: keep the time of they can bruise the softest hearts With the mind to ooze Need a silent
1: state mind rhyme There's a fine line between art and poop Everybody wants to go so far Without ever realizing who they are On the inside, that's where you'll find The purest hearts and the strongest minds Like supple and lean
0: with a geek and team That reign supreme, you better turn on your high beams Cause we won't see us coming in the thick of the night We be geeking out and then we wanna fight Sometimes what we see ain't all that Jazz, arts in decline, chasing those fads, raking in dollars. But who's gonna holler when you move it tanks? Cause you ain't got no damn scholars. We find it best to address all our quibbles and qualms through the feel good vibes of the song. But for the rest of it, keep your dubs lit. Cause your favorite shit, we're reviewing it. We're rolling deep
1: in the slack heat, and we're gonna find some cool shit to talk about, uh, to wax about. Ain't got time to sleep but on the cheap We'll keep it straight Cause we know what we're talking about It ain't for cloud Cause we're geeking Geeking on the floor tonight We know it's right Just keep geeking Speaking on the matters of the heart Alright yeah. we'll Keep it tight Stay geekin', geekin' on the floor tonight You know what's right, just keep geekin', speakin' on matters of the heart Alright, keep it tight